Backblaze is the easiest online backup solution available. Backup all your data, all your photographs, videos, documents, JetCom files, and more. Just $5 a month per computer. It's easy, fast, and loved by genealogists all over. Don't delay. Go to backblaze.com slash mag to get your easy, free trial today. Welcome to the Family Tree Magazine podcast, the show from America's number one genealogy magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. In this February 2014 episode of the podcast, we're going to focus on high-tech research tools, and what better place to do that than the Roots Tech Conference that just wrapped up in Salt Lake City. We'll head there to check in with Family Tree Magazine's publisher, Allison Dolan, to talk about the conference and another very cool conference coming up, Family Tree Magazine's Winter 2014 Virtual Conference. And then we'll head on over to the Genealogy Insider blog, where managing editor Diane Haddad will be here to share six simple ways to use the website Ancestry.com. Then we'll hold Diane over for the top tips segment, and she's going to give us a sneak peek at the special Genealogy Websites magazine issue. Then in our 101 Best Websites segment, we'll cover the largest online resource for family historians, FamilySearch.org, with their head of product feature developments, Brian Edwards. Then we'll get a chance to learn more about online cloud backup at RootsTech with Gleb Budman, CEO of this episode's sponsor, Backblaze. And finally, in the Family Tree University Crash Course segment, Tyler Moss will be here to give us more of a sneak peek at the upcoming virtual conference. There's a lot to cover, so let's get to it. Our first stop is RootsTech and Family Tree Magazine publisher, Allison Dolan. edition of the Family Tree Magazine podcast. This is the publisher's segment of the Family Tree Magazine podcast, and with me is Allison Dolan, the publisher of Family Tree Magazine. Hi. Hi, Lisa. It's so fun to do this face-to-face. I know. So, so often we're on phones and we're uh, talking over Skype, and now to get a chance to get together, and you barely made it here. Barely did. <laughs> we had some nasty weather in Cincinnati, and so delayed flights, but made it here. And but the genealogy will always come through, right? It always prevails, <laughs> exactly. And uh, this is bigger and better. Now, I know I can see your booth down from my booth, but wow, this hall is so much bigger this year. Isn't it is. It so, yeah, it's so much bigger, and there's so many companies here that I haven't seen in the past, so it's really exciting to be going around and learning about new services and products that will help us with our family history. Exactly. And we're talking about RootsTech 2014. We're here in Salt Lake City. And I have to say, having gone to uh, Who Do You Think You Are live for a couple of years now, this is really starting to look the same. It's really starting to have the same kind of energy and attendance and size. It's just incredible. And you guys have been here every year. Um, 
What do you hear from people when they're coming by the booth and they're checking in with you? You're like me. You get a chance to, to meet your readers and meet yes. your listeners. Well, it's really a, a great opportunity when we come to these events to talk to people who are listening to the podcast and subscribing to the magazine. And so that's always very gratifying because, um, you know, that's we do it all for all of the family history community and so to be able to meet people face to face is fantastic and um, people here are really excited excited um, they're learning about products and services I think for the first time and they're just also happy to have this like time that they can dedicate exclusively to family history and doing research and learning things um, it I feel for me and for a lot of the people that I talk to, this experience rejuvenates their um, enthusiasm for kind of keeping it going throughout the year. It does. And it's interesting in talking to some folks, they, they were saying, I'm not sure how many classes I'm going to get to. I've been so busy meeting up with my Facebook friends, going to all the booths, <laughs> you know, uh, checking out what's going on. It's just, and it's so much more interactive. And, and I think that is a fabulous element, but sometimes we do want just the concentrated learning. And I know that uh, with you and Family Tree Magazine, Family Tree University, you've been putting together the virtual conferences, and there's one coming up. There and is. it's almost like the polar opposite in that it's from the comfort of your home. So mm -hmm. tell us about the virtual conference. Right. Well, this um, virtual conference is going to be happening February 28th through March 2nd. And like you were saying, it is a little bit the polar opposite of this in that you can attend in your pajamas if you want. You can log in at <laughs> they, 2 in the morning. They've been discouraging me from that here. I don't know why. <laughs> My jammies aren't exactly <laughs> appropriate for this either. But um, the great thing about it is the total flexibility. So, yeah. you know, you get that same kind of learning um, that you get from classes here, but you don't have to show up in a specific room at a specific time. You really can just tailor your schedule to whatever availability you have. And I think for people in particular who have told us that they can't come to an event like this because they have other commitments, they have small children, um, you know, it just doesn't jive with their schedule. Um, this is a way for them to be able to work in that concentrated dose of genealogy into their normal life. Right. Um, you don't have to necessarily, you know, carve out a huge um, chunk of time. You can work it into what you already have planned. And you can kind of take it with you. Because yes. I know I'm doing one of the presentations and we record these as videos. Mm -hmm. And participants can download these videos and have them available. So maybe you're not really working on historic newspapers right now, you got something out of class, but then in three months you're ready to tackle it, you can go back and watch the video. I think that's an amazing value added. Definitely, and that's one of the things that the attendees really tell us that is most valuable to them out of their virtual conference experience is having that ability to not feel like you have to absorb every single thing <laughs> at that second. You have the ability to go back and look at things again and the other thing I think that they value, which um, might come as a surprise to some people, is the interaction. You might there not, is a lot. Yeah, mm -hmm. you might not think that it's very interactive if you're interacting online, but our message boards are very active. We have live chats where you get to interact with um, you know, people who um, are experts in a topic um, or experts at genealogy. We have one that's kind of become a Sunday tradition in the virtual conference that's um, share your stumpers where everybody comes in and just, here's the problem I'm working on. Please give me some ideas. I'm yeah. stuck. And so that's become kind of a favorite. 
and I'm really I was surprised at how much I got out of the participation on an interactive basis and how I walk away from each virtual conference with new friends that I hadn't met before and you can do that guilt-free because you know even I'm not missing a class <laughs> and I get to watch that class later when yep. it's convenient after the weekend is over so absolutely kind of get the best of both I think that's this has been an amazing uh, and really cool innovative way to bring education yeah, we've got innovation at Family Tree University, innovation here at Roots Tech. It's just really exciting to be part of it all. Well, it's awesome to see you in person. You and too. I know we're going to uh, hang out and see all these new vendors. There's a lot of new faces. Thank you so much, and thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. It's time to get the news from the blogosphere, and here to give us the scoop is the Genealogy Insider blogger, Diane Haddad. Hi, Diane. Hey. Our theme for this episode is high-tech research tools, and of course, one of the leading online resources is Ancestry, with its 31,000 databases and, what, more than 9 billion historical records. And I know that you recently wrote a really great post. It was called Six Simple Ways, Three or Free, to Use Ancestry.com. So let's dig into that. What was the first way? Well, we started with the free because everybody likes things to be free, yeah. including me. <laughs> so um, one thing that people might not know is that Ancestry.com actually has a lot of free databases. Some of it is um, indexes that were created by the World Archives Project. That's a volunteer indexing project. Mm -hmm. And some of it is um, just different databases that they've put together that they're offering for free. So one way to find those is to go to their catalog that's the card catalog under that search drop-down menu, and then just type in free as a keyword, and it'll pull up the, any database that has free in the title. I love that. And, you know, a lot of people forget that there is a card catalog there. And for those of you listening, Diane has a link right in the post. So you could just simply click card catalog. It'll take you right there. And like you say, the keyword free is going to make a huge difference. What was number two? Number two was to put your family tree there, and that's another free option if you have a basic membership. You can put your family tree on Ancestry.com for free, and that just kind of helps you organize things, see what you have and what you don't have. And then the site also will suggest those hints, is what they call them. It'll suggest records in the collections that might match your ancestors. And so, of course, to see anything in a collection that's part of the subscription, then you would need to be a subscriber. Or <laughs> you could um, access most of the Ancestry.com databases in Ancestry Library Edition, which your library might offer for free. Yeah, exactly. So following the hints took us right into number three. So we've got our online tree. It's going to help us connect with other people. We're going to be able to get those shaky leaves to give us some hints and, and things for record matches. And for number four, we've got a little more digging to do. Tell us about that. The site has extensive message boards, surname-based, place-based, their topic message boards, and those are um, 
it's, I don't know how long they've had them for a long time. So there are um, lots of posts there where people are looking for someone by this name or talking about different resources for, um, say, Civil War research. So that's a great place not only to ask questions, but also to just go search those message boards and see if anyone's talking about or asking about or offering information about someone who's in your family tree. Yeah, exactly. And I've noticed that those message boards forums and the posts in them, they're showing up also in Google. So when you do your Google searching, you might even find some of those popping up. Mm-hmm. And then Got information that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then number five brings us right into search. Tell us how we search effectively. What are we going to get out of Ancestry? Well, and that's probably what most people want to jump right into is um, searching the databases on Ancestry.com. And um, I like to just go right to the advanced search and use those options. Yeah. Um, something else you can do, we talked about the card catalog, is find um, the kinds of record collections that have what you're looking for. So if you want a birth record, you could search the card catalog for Ohio birth, and then you'll see what databases they have that contain that information, and you can search just that database if you want to. Wonderful. And we can even search trees, can't we? That's number six. Mm -hmm. And that's a good way to get hints. Of course, there are errors in people's trees because there's no independent verification. But if you, um, maybe you're stumped or you have a theory and you just want to see what other people have, you can go out and look and see, um, you know, what, what someone else thinks about, you know, what, where your ancestor came from or was born. And another thing that you can do also is look for relatives who might have more information about your family. Exactly. I mean, it's not a primary source, but it's a wonderful source for leads. We always need fresh new leads and trails to follow. Well, these are fantastic. These are things we can all start using right away. And uh, not long ago, there was a webinar from Family Tree Magazine's called 10 Simple Strategies for Using Ancestry.com, which has now been recorded and uh, should be available in the Shop Family Tree store just about now as this episode's being published. So that's another resource for you. Um, great tips. Thank you so much for helping us get uh, kicked off on our high-tech searches. <laughs> Good luck, everyone. Well, in our top tips segment, I invited Diane Haddad, the uh, editor of Family Tree Magazine, to come on back and talk to us about a really cool new issue of the magazine that's coming out that fits right into our theme for this episode. Hi, Diane. Hi. So we're talking about high-tech tools. You took us on a little quick tour through Ancestry, um, but I know that you've got a great new issue coming out that fits right into this. Tell us about that. I'm pretty excited about this next issue. It's an online genealogy theme, and of course, um, online genealogy is what makes it possible for a lot of people to do genealogy. I know that I'd have a lot less time to do (laughs) genealogy if it wasn't on my computer in the basement where I can just trudge downstairs and and start looking. So, So I'm pretty excited about this issue. What we've done is put together guides to using top genealogy websites, and they have, um, they sort of go over the search form for you, tell you what to click to go, um, to go, you know, what does what on the site, so where you should click to do this or that, that kind of thing. Um, They explain the search options and then talk about top search strategies, what kind of approach um, you can use to, to help you find your ancestors, you know, wherever they're hidden in the databases on those sites. 
So these are these web guides, and, and I love it because they really are very step-by-step. Step. And each website kind of has its own little uh, nuances, mm-hmm. don't they? Right. I have learned a lot about these different websites. Um, and then we've also done, you know, not just your commercial sites, but we've also included the National Archives, um, which is a site that doesn't have a lot of data on actual ancestors, but it has a lot of instruction and um what kind of records were created that you can then go find elsewhere online. Oh, fantastic. And um, there are several articles that fit into this whole theme. Give us kind of the tour. Well, um, the sites that we've done guides on are Ancestry.com, Archives.com, the National Archives, which is archives.gov, Family Search, Find My Past, Fold3, the Library of Congress, and then My Heritage, And then we've sort of grouped sites for finding online books and online newspapers. Um, we've got one guide on each of those topics. And then, because not everything is online, in fact, there's more stuff offline than online, we have a guide on library websites and what you can, how you can use library websites to find what's in those libraries on paper that's not digitized and sometimes not even on microfilm. Exactly. Online is really the starting place. We know that's where we're going to start because there's so much legwork that you can do from the comfort of your own home. And as you say, it may certainly lead you offline, but at least you're so much better prepared once you get there. Yep. You can use your time more more wisely, more efficiently. And then you had an article in this issue, too. Yeah, I know. I love doing it. The social media mavericks. That was fun. It kind of uh, 40 to follow because as you're mentioning, Diane, there's there's websites with records, but then there's the whole crowdsourcing idea, the idea that we're working together with other genealogists around the world, mm-hmm. and they're all communicating on all these different social media websites. I loved putting this together. So I know we talk about uh, in that you can get blogs. So what am I, you know, certainly it's all about what fits your research. But um, I gave a good, I think, sampling of about eight different blogs that you might want to follow. And they kind of represent the types of blogs that are out there. And of course, Twitter, you're on Twitter, right, Diane? Um, Our magazine is on Twitter. (laughs) I myself do not have a Twitter account. Well, I know, and, and but Family Tree Magazine is out there uh, tweeting yes. away all the different activities and things going on. It's a great, quick, you know, feed of information. And um, I've got about, uh, I think we have maybe eight or so different folks who are out there tweeting on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, and it's a great way to kind of lead you to different um, source articles and, and their blog posts and um, a lot of different places to find information online. Yeah. You know, sometimes even with bloggers, if there's a blogger that I really like, I'll follow their Twitter feed because it's a really easy way to scan through the topics. And then I can just click on the posts from Twitter that interests me. And that will take me to the exact page. I don't have to dig around in their website, which is nice. Right. And then we talk about Facebook. And of course, Facebook is so much more than just individual people. We actually dig into different groups and organizations mm-hmm. and societies that are out there on Facebook. There's also YouTube. And, and not everybody thinks of YouTube as a social media site, but it really is because they encourage commenting, they encourage um, posting a reply video and that kind of thing. And boy, there are some great genealogy uh, YouTube channels out there. And then finally, Pinterest. Now, do you get into Pinterest much? I do. Um, I 
Yeah. <laughs> All the it's addictive, isn't the it? Kids projects. Yeah. So it's um, image based. And so if you're a visual person, then um, Pinterest is perfect for you. It's almost like web browser bookmarks, except yeah. it's all pictures. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a very visual person. So it definitely speaks to me. But you kind of have to see it to really get it. But um, the folks that I have on for you to follow, I think do some really cool different things that you might not have thought of when you first see Pinterest, uh, beyond just recipes, and that kind of thing that a lot of people mm-hmm. pin out there. They're doing some really cool stuff with family history. Yeah, you can follow people to um, other family history resources that they've pinned. People have, I have a family history board where if I find something interesting, or if I blog about my family, then I'll pin it there. And so um, it's it's just a neat way to see it all together. And then I can also, oh, what what did I say about those people again? Then I can click my pin and I go back to the blog post. Exactly. Like you say, the ultimate visual bookmark. Yeah. <laughs> you never lose anything. Well, so that's a that's going to be a fun one people can explore and they can uh, tag some of their favorites. What else should we be looking for in this issue? Well, I think one of the um, most helpful articles will be uh, our online research guide. It kind of talks about overall strategies for using online research and for using um, search engines um, such as Google and what other tools Google has that you can use such as image search. Um, It has case studies, how the author is Nancy Hendricks and how she um, used Google and other search engines to find um, information about two specific ancestors. One thing I learned in that article, I didn't know you could do this, is when you use Google image search, you can drag your image from your desktop to the little camera icon and then it'll find other similar images and web pages that have um, information about that actual image. Yes, I love that. It's a super quick way to get very similar images. Mm -hmm. Boy, I can't wait for the day where they can spot our ancestors' face and we can do that. that I know, when it can match faces (laughs) and say, yes, that is in fact your ancestor. Exactly. It can do it a little bit, but it's not quite there yet. It'll be. I'm sure it will be. Exactly. Well, this is one of those issues that's just going to sit by your computer, you know, every day because it's going to be that go-to resource so often. Now, when does it get published? This one is, I'm actually looking at my schedule right now. (laughs) It will hit newsstands March 11th. And of course, things, um, if people subscribe, then it goes out earlier than that. Right. All right. So you guys got the sneak peek. That's what's coming up. This is a keeper. And uh, Diane, thank you so much for taking us on the tour. You're welcome. Welcome to Roots Tech 2014, and this is the Family Tree Magazine podcast. I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and this may sound a little different to you on the podcast because we are also filming this segment, and you should be able to go to the YouTube channel and check that out as well. But here we are covering our top tip segment for this episode, and who else to ask but Family Search to come and chat with us about what's going on with one of the top websites in the world? And here to help us with that is Brian Edwards. Welcome, Brian. Thank you, Lisa. Glad to be here. Um, Family Search is certainly uh, putting on an amazing event. It is grown by leaps and bounds, and so has the website. So, realizing that we may have some viewers and some listeners who are new to Family Search, hang on. The rest of you have been around for a while. Give us the quick overview. Why do we go to FamilySearch.org when we're thinking about family history? 
Well, first of all, um, we, are, we are one of the top websites in the world, but we have a lot of records out there, and everything we have is for free. So, you know, our, our goal is to provide family tree resources and, and records and family tree and other experiences to people at no cost so they can connect with their family. We also have millions of users who come in and, and work on their family tree, search our records, and lots of people to collaborate with and work with on the website. Because you have the tree element, yes. you know, so we can create and literally build the, the tree itself, but the records. So up until now, there has been this immense granite vault, there's been the family history library, those are things we've heard about, and there's this intense digitization process going on to get these records all onto the website. So literally, we can sit at home in our jammies and, and pull up the records of our ancestors? I think that's the best part about it. Is yeah. I, I love to search at home on the weekends, at night, when things will be closed otherwise, mm -hmm. I've got full access to them. Yeah. So if you haven't been to Family Search in a while, if you go there today, FamilySearch.org, it looks a little different. Tell us what's what's behind that renovation of the screen. It, it, it's just it's very welcoming, but it is a whole new ballgame. Right. You know, we we looked at this and we said to ourselves, we need to make sure that this site is welcoming, that it really feels friendly and like an exciting, fun place to go to. You want to evoke images of families, Im yeah. images of happy memories, um, because we've had a real shift at Family Search, where we got away from saying. We're not just genealogy, we're not just names, dates, and places. We're about learning the stories of your ancestors, about getting the photos and the stories and learning who they really were as people. We want the website to reflect that in, in the imagery and colors that we use on the website. Yeah, and it really does. It gives you the sense that everybody has that story to tell and that um, I find the more I learn those stories, the more now I want to find the next one and the next person. Mm -hmm. What are some of the key features? I know that there was a, a big merge with uh, making the catalog, let's say, your catalog available to WorldCat right. and, and having that accessible. There's so many different ways we can get to family search records. What are some of the other exciting kind of innovations that have been going on the last year? Well, we, what we have, a, we have, so we, as you mentioned, we have the, the, the integration with OCLC and the WorldCat that's going on, and that's really take us to a whole different revamp of how we do, how we search the world, the library catalog, or the family search catalog, right. how you get to it, the features and power that are there. But really, I think the bigger thing for many people is the integration between the family tree and the records. We've been working to integrate those two experiences so that whether I'm looking at a record and I want to link to my family tree, but I'm on the family tree and I want to search for a record about that person, we're going to we're bringing that experience together to help people better understand their, the records about their ancestors. Now, through the different evolutions of the right. website, there was new family search. There was okay, you have to be a member. You don't have to be a member. At this point, anybody can go and use the website and use the tree. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Yes. So things have really opened up. Um, and of course, one of the big announcements that's been going on here at the Roots Tech Show has been this um, working together. These collaborations you've got going with some of the big players out there. Tell us a little bit about that, too. You know, we're, we're in a fantastic position. Um, we're, we're kind of Switzerland of all this in, in the sense that, you know, we're not out to make money. Right. And so we're not threatened by anybody's dominance or anybody's strength or weakness. Uh, we're not taking advantage of anybody. And so we, we have a position where we want to work with anybody out there that really can help people understand their family history. And so we're working with, with a lot of big players, with Ancestry and other, and other players, working with a lot of places like Roots Magic and, and Legacy Family Tree. Really, we want to work with anybody out there that wants to help you understand their family history. So it's, it's a great position to be in. Yeah, it is. And it kind of puts you in that position of kind of being a hub, you know, of, of all of the activities going on in the family history world. Anything else that we should kind of keep our eye out for as we head over to the website and check it out again? Well, I'd, I'd love to tell you about how the website's changed, if that's okay. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm, I want to maybe step back in time, and, and for users who, who haven't been out for a while, I want to take a little bit of a journey, if, if I could. Um, so you, know, you go back in time, say a year and a half, even a year ago, and the website, we had New Family Search over on one side, and that was the family tree, and that was only mostly church members and a few invited people. We had Family Search, and that was mostly searching records. We brought those two together, and so now the family tree is on there. It's now open to the entire public. So anyone can go in and see the family tree, um, work with it, add to it, edit it, and so forth. And that, that's been a great breakthrough. Um, but then a really big shift for us as well was, again, this theme of understanding your ancestors and who they are. And so we've added the ability to upload photos and stories and documents of your ancestors. Those get added to the tree. You can have your own albums and share those albums. You can put the post on the social media, whether it's Pinterest or Facebook. You can share it through all these different media, and that really brings it alive for a lot more people. See, I love Pinterest. You got me right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but when you think about it, we, we want to get the kids, the grandkids, everybody involved, and we have to get to them where they are, and that's yes. really what it is. And doesn't everybody love a picture? They do. I mean, I think that the new website interface certainly reflects that, but I, I think that as we're attaching those photos, it just continues to generate that desire to learn more. So that's really been a, a that's a key focus of I guess in the strategy. It, it is right. It, it's really get you know don't just skim over your, your ancestors as a name, date, and place. Check it, move on. Right. Uh, or name, date, and place, and a few records. Check it, move on. But get to know them as real people. What are their stories? What were they like? Is there a photo about them? Even if it's not a photo, was there a story about them? Or can you even take records and tell a story about the person's life? What they did, where they lived, how many kids they had, maybe what they died from. Things that tell you about their life and who they really were as people. That, that's a huge emphasis for us. And you see that reflected in the website right now. Yeah, exactly. And as people um, add their stuff, they have the question about the whole idea of privacy and who owns this and copyright. I guess uh, help us with our fears in that sense. Okay, so we take we take privacy very very seriously. Right. And our family tree, as you know, is, is a shared tree where everyone collaborates on the same tree, the same information. Um, and so we have a different set of rules than maybe some other websites would have about about privacy. But basically, anybody who is um, living is viewable only by themselves. Um, right. In a church member situation, because we can link them through through church records then your parents can see your records using your parents' records because we know exactly who you are. Right. But if anybody's not a member of the, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we don't know for sure who is who, and so everything you add is living is completely yours and yours alone to see and view. Um, once you get across that, what we call the dead horizon, the dead boundary, when you get into ancestors who have passed on, then that's open to everyone to see and edit and share information on. And so we try to take that very, very seriously. Wonderful. Well, in just a short period of time here in the Top Tips tip segment, you've certainly got a sense of what FamilySearch has to offer. I'm going to be uh, hanging on to Brian here for a few more minutes, and if you want to hear that extended interview, check out the Genealogy Gems YouTube channel and also the Genealogy Gems podcast because we're going to have even more with Brian and going a little more in-depth with uh, the whole website. But I think uh, we whetted their appetite. It's time to head back to FamilySearch.org and uh, look for some more ancestors. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Lisa. Glad to be here. You know, genealogists, we really protect and, and take care of our research and all of our data and our photographs, but we have to do more than just save it on our computer, don't we? What does Backblaze do to help us protect it for the long term? You're absolutely right. So 
people put all of this data that they've curated carefully and assembled and spend hours and weeks and months and sometimes years getting all of this data that they care about, their, the photos, the old historic archives, uh, their genealogy uh, files, all of this information, and it's all sitting on their computer. The problem is that the computers break. They get lost. They get stolen. Um, there are fires and floods and thefts. Stuff happens. And so th the next thing that people often do is they'll have an external hard drive and they'll save some stuff to that. Exactly. The problem with that is that, one, you have to remember to do that. And it's just hard to always remember to do that. And the other problem is that it's local. So if you have a fire, both are going to get destroyed. If you have a flood, both are going to get destroyed. If there's theft, both are going to get stolen. And it's mechanical, so it could too break. And both of them are going to break at some right. point. Um, so what Backblaze does is we automatically make a copy of all of the data from on your computer, send it to the cloud, and keep it safe in the cloud so that if anything happens, you can get it back. And it's just five bucks a month, totally unlimited data. People often ask us, well, no, but really, I mean, what if I have, you know, 100 gigabytes of data? You're not really only going to charge me five dollars. Totally, completely unlimited. We'll back up all of your genealogy data, but we'll also back up everything else on your computer. So if you've got videos, if you've got photos, if you've got music, if you've got work files, if they're on your computer, or even if they're on your external hard drive, we'll automatically back them up, and we do that continuously, so it just happens in the background. If you need the data back, you can get it back in several different ways. One, you can download one file or a folder, or okay. you can download all of your data, and you can do that from any web browser, anywhere in the world, as often as you want, and that's free. So if you get a new computer or a new laptop, you could, you could just sign download in the data. and download your data. Or even, so sometimes people use it as a way of accessing their data. Mm -hmm. So they're at a friend's house and their computer is at home and it's turned off and they were like, oh, there's that photo I really wanted to show you or there's that work document that I really needed to get to. You can just sign into Backblaze and grab the file from any web browser. The other ways you can get your data back are we will actually FedEx you a hard drive with your data on it to your door, or we can FedEx you a flash drive with up to 128 gigs of your data anywhere in the world. And those two are obviously for an additional fee, but we don't make money on those that kind of break even. Um, but you can download it as often as you want, or you can do those. We also have an iPhone app Great. that you can just access the data from there as well. See, so you've covered all the bases, and there is so much to cover because we have so many different types of files, and they are precious to us, just like the old cardstock photographs. Mm -hmm. And Backblaze certainly is a way to keep it protected. And as you said, we don't have to remember you do the work for us. Tell us what's the website. How do we get the service? So getting the service is really easy. It's www.backblaze, B-A-C-K-B-L-A-Z-E, backblaze.com, slash, and this is um, through um, Family Tree Mag. So go to backblaze.com slash Family Tree Mag and the service is there. When you go to that website, it's gonna be really straightforward. It'll take you about a minute to get set up. All you have to do is enter an email, pick a password, and click the download button. That's it, you're done, and we automatically start backing up all of your data. Fantastic. There you go. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode and for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me.
Well, considering that our topic and our theme for this episode is high-tech research tools, it seems like perfect timing that there is a virtual conference coming our way here at Family Tree University. And here in the Family Tree University Crash Course segment, Tyler is back to tell us more about the winter virtual conference for 2014. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. You know, I know that you guys um, conduct these on a fairly regular basis. I believe there was one in the fall of 2013. And I'm, I'd love to hear from you. What's some of the feedback? What, why do people choose to participate in a virtual conference? Are there some advantages over also just the live conferences? You know, I think there are, it's, it's a different beast than a, a regular in-person conference. I think for a lot of people, it's really hard to carve that time out in your schedule and yeah. kind of carve that money out of your budget to go to a conference you have to travel to. Um, you know, airfare is expensive, and you have to pay for a hotel, and you have to take that time off from work, all those different things. But for this virtual conference, it's really self-guided in the sense that, you know, you log on from home. We like to say that you can participate in your slippers and pajamas if you want to <laughs> and you know you can still join and have that community sense from all the different things going on in the discussion board and at your own leisure kind of you can look through all these different videos on the different topics of course we have topics in three categories genealogy technology ethnic research and research strategies and uh, you can even participate in these live chats we have as well which are basically like um, a chat room in which we have an expert come in and kind of host a discussion on a topic, and you can have a you know real in time chat as if you were there in person. So. Right, you're not losing the interactive aspect of a conference, but um, I think what's so great about it is is that everybody is in a different place in their life and their time, and this really is so approachable for everybody. Everybody can participate if they want to, and um, that, that's a huge advantage. And like you say, they're kind of two different animals. There are certain things that happen at live events, and there's certain some really cool, unique things that happen at virtual conferences. For example, if they um, see a class and they run out of time or something, the phone starts ringing and, and they realize they're not going to catch it, they can download a video of this, correct? Yeah, actually, I mean, you can go in at any time and view the videos whenever you want, and each video is uh, throughout the weekend, and each video is available to download to your desktop for forever. So you can download a PDF of the slides and a PDF or in a digital copy of the video, and you could watch it at any point in time. I mean, watching 16 videos in one weekend may be a little overwhelming for some people. It's overwhelming for me, and so I, you know, you go ahead and you download them all into a folder on your computer, and you can watch them as needed or over a couple months or a couple weeks or however you want to do it. No, see, that's incredible. That's something that's not going to happen at a live event. And and let's talk about some of these. Um, you've got such a great wide range of topics, uh, even though this is um, done on a technology-based kind of platform. You've got tech, but you've also got non-tech topics. What are some of the highlights? What are the classes that you're particularly excited about this time around? Oh, so one of the tech subjects I'd say I'm really excited for is a session we have that's called No Index, No Problem, Tricks for Browsing FamilySearch.org Records. And this particular session is about how you go digging through those records on family search that are not indexed and tricks for you know looking for what you need when the system itself isn't quite uh, is available to help you out so, as, as you know it is when you do a regular search or advanced search so this kind of helps you find things that you're more kind of the, the hidden gems I would say in your family tree yeah, and we're always hearing about FamilySearch uploading additional records, but they're not always indexed right off the bat. So this is perfect. And of course, it's Rick Kroom who's doing this. He's been on the show. He's a fantastic writer for the magazine, and I know he knows his stuff. So that sounds like a great one. It certainly does. Absolutely. 
Um, and as far as, you know, some of the ones in different tracks, um, one of the ones I'm excited for in our uh, research strategies is one by uh, Sunny Jane Morton, in which she's talking about using tax records to trace your ancestors. Um, you know, this is, I feel like, a record set that a lot of people don't think to use or are not sure how to use when they're tracking their family research. And so this will kind of dig in and give you some insight as to how to go about applying that. And personally, you know, I'm not that familiar with them, so I'm going to be looking forward to, to watching this video. Yeah, that's one of those groups we, we tend to kind of put off and go to the other, you know, more traditional genealogical groups. But boy, tax records are full of great info. I, I know Sonny's always saying, uh, you know, it's it's when the government gets involved and starts creating records, boy, that's where you're getting a lot of great details. And, and that's certainly something she'll uncover in the tax records um, exactly. video. So let's talk about from scratch, if somebody says, you know, this sounds interesting, and I haven't been able to get out to um, a live event, and I'd love to have these videos myself to watch for, for you know, months to come, and, and really, as you need them, how does somebody participate? What steps do we need to go to to get uh, on the bandwagon? Well, your first step would definitely be to go to FamilyTreeUniversity.com. And from there, just go ahead and click the tab on the homepage that says uh, Conference. And that'll take you right to our conference registration page, and you can read all the details. You can see the program in full, all 16 courses. And soon we'll have our live chat scheduled up there as well with the experts. And um, you'll be able to register right from there. Perfect. And then when the date comes, and I know that... Um, uh, it's a particular weekend. It is February 28th, starting at 9 a.m. on Friday, and it goes till Sunday, March 2nd, midnight. That's the time we have access to kind of the whole dashboard, right? So do we sign in? How do we access it when, when it, the time comes? Right. So that's kind of the time span that we have live events going on. And okay. By that, I mean, that's when you can go in and there's going to be a lot of lively discussion on the message board. You know, people come in and make new friends and interact on anything from, you know, discussion of the videos to we had last year, you know, a recipe exchange. Where people <laughs> shared their family recipes or book recommendations or that sort of thing. And that's kind of when that's the most lively is over that three day span. That is also when all those live chats I talked about are going to be taking place. And we'll have a schedule up for those as to exactly when they will be happening. But I think we have normally about eight or nine of those and they'll be at specific times and you can log in and, and participate in those and so basically what you'll do is it's through our kind of a our online courses blackboard system and you just will get a username and password and log in and it'll all be right there in your dashboard and then you can just start accessing everything watching the videos getting involved in the chats i know people were having a blast last time in all of those chats really cool so all right well there you have it it's the virtual conference uh, 2014. This is the winter conference. If you're interested in hearing from folks like Lisa Alzo and uh, Gina Philibert Ortega and uh, Joshua Taylor, uh, Sonny Jane Morton, Michael Haight, they're they're all going to be there. I'm going to be there. Um, I right. will have a video. It's called Top Free Websites for Online Newspapers. I'm having so much fun putting that together because there's some really cool places out there that oh, a lot of people really have missed. So um, it's going to be a blast. And again, we'll have a link in the show notes for you so that you can go and check it out and get signed up and get all these great presentations. We're looking forward to it. Thanks, Tyler. We'll see you on the chat boards. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for joining me for this February 2014 episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast the monthly show from America's number one genealogy magazine. Here are a couple of action items until we meet here again next month. 
First, be sure and check out the special genealogy website issue of Family Tree Magazine that Diane told us about. It's going to be available in print and as a digital download at shopfamilytree.com. Next, head on over to familytreemagazine.com slash podcast to find the show notes and the website links for everything we covered in today's episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and I invite you to visit me at my website, genealogygems.com, where you can listen to my free podcast, the Genealogy Gems Podcast, which is also available for free through iTunes. Until next time, have fun climbing your family tree. Backblaze is the easiest online backup solution available. Backup all your data, all your photographs, videos, documents, JetCom files, and more. Just $5 a month per computer. It's easy, fast, and loved by genealogists all over. Don't delay. Go to backblaze.com slash family tree mag to get your easy, free trial today.